Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to an all-new episode of Gay Side Stories, Where the Gay Shit Goes. I am your host, Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. Shout out to you. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show wherever you choose to listen. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, whatever podcast app you like. Or you can go to GaySideStories.com slash shows and listen there. All of the shows are uploaded on the website. Remember to use hashtags when you're listening to the show. Use the hashtag GaySidePod. That's GaySidePod. Whenever you live tweet about the show or you're posting on Instagram stories or anything like that. And to help people find shows that are queer led by people of color use the hashtag pods by qpoc send in any letters or questions or solicitation for advice anything of that nature to gaysidestories at gmail.com and we're gonna keep it short and sweet and we're gonna go ahead and get into the show enjoy you guys So I have a very special guest on the show this week. I have my my new bestie, (laughs) (laughs) DeAsia Ali. She is one half of the Bad and Boozy podcast over on the CSPN. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. So, And I couldn't find a new bestie. Listen, because it was like... You know what it felt like? It felt like what was that one movie? What was it? Uh, Step Brothers. When whatever that was that happened, and it was like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> Listen. I, the funny thing is, I don't hardly ever know movies. Summer always gets me because of that, but I know that one. I know Step Brothers. <laughs> Same. We're best friends. <laughs> Same. I I hardly ever know. <laughs> like when they do those movie quotes on the read, I'd be lost as hell. I had no clue. <laughs> I think I've gotten it like once. <laughs> Maybe once. I don't know. So before we get into everything, I want you to tell my listeners a little bit about your show and what made you get into podcasting. So tell us a little bit about Bad and Boozy. So Bad and Boozy is basically two good girlfriends that um, met because of the internet and other love for podcasts. And as the name suggests, we're Bad and Boozy. So we talk about wine um, I guess one of our taglines is wine, life, and other liquor-related shenanigans. Like, I like to talk, of course, but, like, I don't really care about, like, much of, like, pop culture and stuff. But um, I like I like my wine. Like, I've been a wine... I like to call... People used to say, um, uh, uh, like, a, a wine connoisseur, but that sounded too bougie for me. <laughs> so I just used to say, oh, I'm a wine enthusiast. Like, I like shit. You know, I like to learn about stuff. I like to taste... So then when I met my co-host, Soso, she wasn't even as, I would say that she wasn't as palette as expanded as I was on wine. But I did like the idea that when I would talk shit about certain stuff that she would give it a try. So it was like, let's talk about like a show that's kind of like about wine. But I think how we settled on the title of Bad and Boozy is because we didn't want to kind of like box ourselves into the wine. So that gave us room to like, show our personalities but just like look other stuff for example one of our most recent episodes is about like beer and autumn um 
um, seasonal beers and stuff like that. So yeah, so it it, it it makes sense. Like it's literally like one of the things I love. If you, I'm sitting here recording with you right now and looking at, I have hundreds, if not thousands, of corks as decoration, like just around my apartment. So <laughs> come on, Corky Brewster. <laughs> yeah. So I literally, I'm trying to find a boo maybe one day so I can do some of the, the Pinterest ideas I got with these corks, like a little, like a little reef or something. There's a bunch of shit you could do with corks, but I I got them like in different display things or I got like, I don't know, like a, I, I got aprons and wine, all kind of wine shit. People buy it for me. Cause like, it's literally something I love talking about. So the podcast just made sense. Like, not only do I get to talk about the wine I love, but I get to let people know. I'm from the hood, from Baltimore. When niggas think about wine, they just think it's this bougie, sophisticated white thing. And I'm proof that it's not. And I, and I wanted to kind of exp, uh, ex, uh, like spread that. Like, oh, no, it's just not your cheap, you know, the wine oh shit like Mad Dog or the cheap Barefoot. Like, it's a whole industry out there is stuff that we can learn about not only can you learn and drink and drink like you can be educated you can be um you can work in it and since we've been doing a show it's so crazy like i've always been interested by myself just going to stores and going to wine festivals but even since we've been doing a show i've been doing that more and meeting um women black women sommeliers and people that like buy for rest buy the wine for restaurants and realizing like oh like vineyards and like uh like you know like creating another lane like there's not enough black people so mm-hmm. like so like it's been like a fun way to explore like a hobby that I already had and since I got the show the, it gives me more incentive to go do these things and then come and talk about them on the show like <laughs> whether it's wine yeah, or liquor that makes so. I will say the history of the 40 was a really interesting episode <laughs> And how it got black. It, it just got black, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? And I was like, they had Billy D. Williams and right? he done nigged it up. And- Yo, and, but that's kind of proof, whether it's wine or other industries, how like white America can use us for certain things and plaster our faces on stuff, but but also not like value, like correct us as, as a consumer or whatever. Before we move on, I will say, so when we were in North Carolina, we went to a um, a winery and we did a wine tasting. Okay, you ain't told me that. And I was yeah. like, look at me being bad and boozy. However, however, okay. I did not get the full effect. I probably didn't get any of the effect or I got too much of the effect Okay. because I had taken too much edible. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I was about to say, where are we going with this? <laughs> I had a little bit too much of the edible. That can that definitely before can we wear your um your tasting experience. So the tasting experience, <laughs> I was just kind of there to be there, and then it had like this sweet wine, like icy. Okay, do you remember the name of the winery? It's like Chatham Hill, I believe, is what okay, it was. Okay, okay. It was, um, and so I got a cup of the wine icy, and when I tell you, oh, it was like one of the slushies. Yeah, it was a wine slushy. Oh, yeah, those are good. (laughs) When I tell you, with the powers combined of that edible, (laughs) that slushy. So, yeah. I was like, I know my ass is too big and fat to not be able to function. I need to get it together because they're not going to be able to carry me to the car. (laughs) 
So I was had a out of there. Experience. It's just a different experience. I damn near had an out of body experience. <laughs> but anyway, wine slushies are something else. It I, was so. I had good. some this summer at one of the wineries in Maryland. I hadn't mm -hmm. had them in forever, and they are really good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so, you guys get into bad and boozy. Shout out to So So, your co-host. Yes, shout out to her. So, keeping along the same vein, let's play a game. Okay. Not that kind of game. I know it is October, but not that kind of game. We're going to do the queer query. Question. So first question. Could you see yourself married to a white man? Why or why not? So when I first saw this, I was like, what? So I think <laughs> that kind of gave me part of my answer. I'm going to say probably a smooth the chances probably would if I gotta go just per yes or no, I'ma say no. I like I think the 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 chances are very slim to none. First of all, because men are men, I can barely see myself being married at all. Mm -hmm. So I gotta go through a whole nother hoop to be married to a white man. Like mm. like I don't know if my spirit would be ready for such like even I don't know. Like white 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 men are weird to me. <laughs> like and I and honestly I'm not even going for I don't have much experience dating white men. Um I don't I don't know. I I don't I think I'm just not one of the black girls they seek out or mm -hmm. or maybe I don't put myself in those um social circles and stuff to even encounter one that I might even be romantically interested in. But then even when I go out and I encounter some of the ones that's just like platonic, I'm like, these guys annoy me. So how would I even get to dating them? So I don't know. Married, married to one seems like a real a, a stretch, like a real stretch. Yeah. I'm kind of along the same veins. Like I've never really seen myself married at all, but I just can't really see myself married to a white man. Like the, um, I feel like I would have to go through so many mental gymnastics, and I, I feel like I would even if I loved him and da da da, I feel like I would be waiting for that extra racist shit to come through. I think <laughs> waiting I, for the shoe to I, drop. I would yeah. be waiting, like so. I don't even think I would make it to the marriage because even if we was dating, I'd be waiting when he gonna say some shit about my hair, like when he gonna say, like or or am I gonna seem like a fat? Uh, like I'm scared. No, yeah, I, don't think I, I just take the risk. I just can't see it, and I, I like. Not to say that I couldn't see myself with a white man or like dating a white man, but that would be some like real fucked up shit because we would be dating for a while and then he would be like, So is we getting married or nah? And I'm gonna be like, Or nah. I think the only <laughs> thing that might help the that all right, so I feel like you, but what might I guess kind of help that would be the fact that. And I think it would help that I don't want children. So I think I would be able to, like, I might, I might, even if I got there, I might be able to consider it knowing I just had to deal with this person. I'm not, I'm, I, I barely want kids. I do not want to raise interracial kids with a white guy. I'm not like that, that I, I don't think I, 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 that I can't see at all. Okay. So, so since we're being honest, <laughs> part of me says no. Because I feel like I don't want to be another black gay with a white man. And I know I, I agree. Love is love. Love who you want. Go where the love is. Over the rainbow. Kick Toto. All of that stuff. But I have not 
done that work to undo that feeling. Okay. I'm still in that place where it's like, damn, another black man with a white man. I mean, go love or whatever, but then I got to go search for some more black gay love. So it's like part of me, a small part, it's not a significant part, but it's significant enough that I can be cognizant of it. Want, does not want to be another black guy with a white guy. I would definitely, if if that happened to me, I would definitely be the outlier in my like social circle. Like, it would probably, yeah, I, I get would, that. And, and, and even even not my immediate social circle, just like the people I'm just around. Like, I'm just like the people I associate with in general. It's like everybody kind of. I know interracial couples exist, but the people I associate with mostly are like with their own race. So yeah. it probably would be, I, it probably would be a little weird to me. I'm like, I l- love my brothers, like bringing a white guy. That would, I would, I would really have to think about that. Not that my, my brothers would kind of like, my brothers roll with whatever I want, but I would have like all those, you got to consider, I consider so much things bringing any guy around and it's mm-hmm. like extra hurdles. If it's a white guy, like it's not even societal <laughs> or, community for me it's literally internal like that would be something that I would internally be grappling with and I have not gotten to the point where I know how to be okay with that personally he looked like Bradley Cooper because I just saw that movie with him and Lady Gaga and that motherfucker was fine (laughs) I mean even if they fine like I said you know I mean we might be able to share a bed but are we gonna share a last name I don't know that's what I'm saying no I don't know I agree I I don't know about all that (laughs) no if he he looked like because I'm not like I said I'm not even to the point of dating him but if I see if a black Bradley Cooper motherfucker trying to hide I'm like let me see what this white boy talking about (laughs) especially 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 where we are now, because I'm going to be honest with everybody, my listeners, and y'all may feel me and you may not, but I've gotten to the point where with white gays, y'all are MAGA until proven otherwise. So, <laughs> you know what? I, I don't blame so, you. So dating and, and even just hooking up is, is pretty much it's a really no hard. for me at it's this like point. The, um, it's like the downside of being like, quote unquote, woke in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Be, it's, it's exhausting. Like, it's cool. It is cool, yeah. but it was like I would literally be thinking about that. Like, yeah. is he looking at me like the nigga bed winch? Like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Not bed winch. Okay, so I can definitely tell that there's a lot of layers for both of us to peel back on that question, Agreed. which is why I asked it when I came up with this question. I said, "Ooh, this." I, be I good. was not prepared, but I was also like, "What?" And I was like, "All right, let me just go with what I feel." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question: If you had creative control over a Vogue cover shoot. What would the theme be? Okay. So I didn't think about this as much as the other question, but before we started recording, I was thinking I would like to do something. Well, of course, not traditional. You know, I know how Anna Wintour and the motherfuckers do, but um, you know, personally that I did the race in memory of my mom recently. Mm-hmm. And I think people, um, specifically women, Black women like my mom who suffer from like depression and mental health and um, even some homeless women and stuff like that. I think those women um, aren't looked at as human. Like they're like, like even um, 
you know, we tend to, not everybody, but you ever see like a homeless person on the street and people are so quick to just dismiss that homeless person. We have no idea what's going on. We, we have no idea what brought them there. The, mm-hmm. the, 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 the quote, the junkie or drug addict. Um, we, we've seen them portrayed in the movies. We have no idea how those women got there. And we especially hard on the women when they have children because, oh, you know, women supposed to be, be these like, uh, like unrealistic pillars of what is meant to be a woman. So I think I would have a bold cover that show these women as like just human, like naturally pretty women that like they might be fucked up. They might have had child trauma. They might have had abuse, whatever, whatever. But most of the time it's a whole story that got them to there. So why are you judging this woman for selling this or her hair or maybe sex work or uh, the lights get cut off or doing whatever. Like you don't know what got that woman there. And because of my mom, I'm all too familiar with like, okay, these people are people. So I think like, um, so the uh, Marion House that helped that helped my mom, kind of like looks at like helps rehabilitate women. So I think it would be like a photo shoot highlighting those women in different phases of maybe getting themselves together. Maybe some of the harsh parts. You, you know, kind of how you can have like. Halloween, it can be kind of like spooky, but like you can get like a good photo out of it. Maybe we show that hurt, but show a story, like show the hurt, show different sides, show whatever. So that might sound like super deep, but I thought about this shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Showing, yeah. showing like the 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 experience, because like the transitional house that I'm thinking of, maybe you take photos of a woman at the beginning of the process toward the end when she's been clean from drugs or she's reunited with her kids or whatever like that. So I would find somebody to be the cover of that. And since it's my Vogue cover, the highlight of the story would be my mother, but <laughs> we yeah. can do somebody. So it's kind of like similar. It's like an essay, but like a photo essay, but story. Yeah, it sounds like Vogue meets Time Magazine almost. Yes! Um, I think my cover would be, hmm, I'm thinking something different, something that they probably would never allow, (laughs) (laughs) but if I have the creative control and if it's going to be me on the cover, like I would want to play around with something edgy, I guess. Okay. So the first thing that comes to mind is I would definitely want to see something that plays on different like hues and saturations but i'm thinking in black and white interesting and the feel would be the best way that i'm thinking to get that to come across and come to life would probably be taking inspiration from like anime oh okay like you know how the way that they draw anime and the the blacks and the the contrast with the white and all of that. I'm thinking maybe the pose would be something along those lines. Okay. I would want it to be bold, but that would definitely be like something totally like not expected. Right. So it's like you see it and it, it reminds you of like some kind of, I don't know, samurai anime or Something along those lines, and you'd be like, "What?" So would the drag- cover would the cover itself be animated, or would we have like a uh some like a car- a human, but like posing as the anime person? No, it would still be human. Okay, but I don't know how. I don't know exactly how that would look. Maybe there would be a little bit of both. 
Black and human, like just cosplay and all that. Well, I I wanted to be be no, like I wouldn't be dressed up like a like an anime okay, character. Okay, it okay. would still be classic fashion. Okay, okay. But the feel it. would be more anime. It would be like I said, that contrast with the black and the white and the a certain style. What yeah, anime? I, I don't know because I just I thought know, of this off I'm the top of my whole, head. I, I'm I'm liking this whole idea though. <laughs> but yeah, just something real bold where you're like like you could see it. And you could be like, he's doing this, but he still has on this fly ass outfit. You know what I'm saying? And he's still doing these. And then once you get into the actual article, you could see more of it. Or it could be like a an anime essay. So it'd be different inspiration. So I would pick one for the cover. And then as you flip through whatever the article, whatever the interview each photo would kind of be a different, like you know what I mean? Even if I have the same outfit on, we just change the lighting. We change the the saturation. We change all of that stuff, the hues and all of that to make it feel like a different type of anime thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The clothes will be awesome. I can't really think of any men who have had a Vogue cover other mm. than maybe. Um, I don't follow enough, but I um, don't know. Maga West. Okay. I think he might be the only one and the only one I could think of. So it's just like if I somehow were to get the fortune, uh, the good get, fortune. You gotta go hard. Yeah, you got go big or go home. Go hard or go home. Okay. So last thing we're gonna wrap this up and then we're gonna get into the main topic is guest questions. So what do you have to offer? So my question might seem silly, but it's what I decided to stick with. Okay. Because I was at work smashing the candy that my co-worker brings in often and it's Halloween I was wanted to know do um do you consume Halloween candy and like what's your favorite and my second part of the question is if you were describing yourself to like a potential mate which Halloween candy would you be um I don't think I've eaten I don't well, um, and it, it can, it can, you know, a lot of times the regular candy Skittles and stuff that we grew up in, in Halloween, it just be like the miniature versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I just, I don't think I've partaken in quote unquote Halloween candy in a while just because it's just me. And it's like, if a nigga want candy, then he eat candy whenever. But um, my favorite would probably be the mini Snickers. <gasps> I was crossing my fingers. I was hoping you said something else. But <laughs> I like Snickers. I like Snickers. For chocolate. If it's chocolate, then it's the mini Snickers. Okay, so if it's chocolate, then Snickers. If it's just like your if candy, it's like that's a not fruity, chocolate. then it probably would be Skittles. Because I those little it. mini bags of Skittles used to be I my knew, shit. Listen, something in my spirit felt you because I ate like three bags of those at work today. And I <laughs> Those, those little, I don't know what it the is. Mini, the mini bags give you a whole different sensation. Yeah, yeah. Than yeah. a real bag. I think it's because it's so limited. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna get much, and you like, if you like me, it's like it's a, it's just enough that you can empty mm -hmm. the whole bag in your hand and put all of it in your mouth at one time. Yes. So, so skittles. So skittles. What's that thing? Taste the rainbow. So what? So <laughs> what's wish, wish, wish your, what's your, uh, slogan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what Halloween? What candy would you be? Oh, oh, 
It depends on what kind of like it depends on what kind of spooky we talking. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cause if we talking like thotty spooky, then it would definitely be Snickers because it got the vein. Oh, you know what? I didn't see that coming, but now I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> I don't know what other kind of I don't know what other kind of spooky there is. I feel like Halloween is always a good time to be a, a slut or a yeah, thought or whatever what? you want to call I, yourself. I love it. So if somebody was like That's that would be that see, would I'm be a, I a never good <laughs> right, right, right. Especially my, like if you go I'm thinking like if I went to like a gay party or something like a dress up party. It would just be like, do you want to see my Snickers? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is lame and it's probably lame, but at the same time, I would be cra- I would be crazy. But I wouldn't be. It would be funny. Like I wouldn't yeah. be serious. But again, you know, you have to pick your audiences because that could come across as rapey. Um, I think at a Halloween, a gay Halloween party, everybody would get to joke. Most people well, get to joke. I don't know because gays. Some... Anyway, we don't oh! need to go down there. <laughs> But yeah, that would be my Halloween candy. Like okay. my favorite, because Snickers is one of my favorite candies. And let me listen before you we move on. Put me on. I have to say to the almonds. <laughs> if you, if you fuck around and you get me an almond Snickers, <laughs> then you definitely will be tasting the what? rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Snickers get you out your knickers. Wow, well, Snickers get you out your knickers. That is somebody <laughs> put that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So that's gonna, that. <laughs> that's gonna wrap up the queer query because that's too much. For the main topic this week, um, we're going to talk about the complex relationship between cishet black women and the LGBT community, more specifically, gay black men. Okay. So the reason why I wanted to have you specifically for this conversation is because I know you're a a real ally. <laughs> you know, you support LGBT podcasts and people. I know you have friends and now we're friends. So I thought who better to have this conversation with than someone who actually, for lack of a better word, gets it. Yes. So. I want to talk a little bit about the perceived bad first. Okay. So I'm going to start as the resident gay, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you say unfortunately. So we'll start off with homophobia. Okay. One of the main examples that I see of homophobia coming from cishet women and a lot of times black women because that's mostly my tribe, I guess, is using gay to insult cishet men, so straight men. It's always interesting to see women, and for some reason, I know we have this thought, and I don't know where it comes from, but we have this thought that women, maybe because they too are minorities, Black women, especially, that's a a leather layer of that minority pie or whatever you want to call it, cake. We feel like women should understand the plight of gay men because it's like we're all marginalized in some way. And so a lot of times it is jarring to see a woman, especially a young woman, or a woman that you feel like would know better or had you've seen them 
not be what you would perceive to be that type of woman to do that when they do it it's always disheartening because it's just like you kiki on the timeline or on on facebook or on the phone or with your gay cousin but then when a straight man makes you mad now all of a sudden my sexuality is a weapon I definitely I, agree. It's like it makes me cr- it makes me cringe. Yeah, it's cringeworthy. <laughs> and I definitely do think that it's homophobic, whether you agree or not. I think so. Using someone's gender identity or not even someone's using a group of people's <laughs> gender identity or sexual identity to attack someone is homophobic. Or transphobic or biphobic or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, whichever phobic. And it always just, it just feels, I don't even know how to describe it. It just feels weird to see that. It, I think in, um, at my age, you know, well into my 30s, I think it's always felt uncomfortable to me whether I knew how to describe what I was feeling or not. We don't have anything to do with whatever your issue is with this straight man. So right. why are you throwing our sexuality into it? Yeah. I don't fuck with that. Like, yeah. like, no. Nah. Luckily, I think I've been very fortunate that like when I have encountered that, they have not been people I've been super close with. Yeah. Like I, I pride myself on the people that I make connections with kind of like get that and then even I had I have had at least one person who who have like vented to me about a nigga they fucking with and and or they fussing with him and they call him gay and it was like no nah. but but luckily when I have had to call a woman out on it if it was somebody that was my good friend they received it and when I explained it to them it was like oh shit like I fucked up and yeah. I definitely can appreciate those kind of people but if not i just i i don't ha- i got like a zero tolerance for certain things and that's definitely one of them. yeah yeah because like, it's just like gonna, i don't unnecessary like do and it's also weird it's because weird. to it me just it just doesn't make sense to see women upholding patriarchy it in don't that make way sense. and it's kind of like that i don't know if you to me it's kind of like when i equated to when um another straight guy assumed that there's two straight guys, they assume they got the same thoughts on a woman like these bitches. Da, da, da. So when it ha- when the few times it has happened around me, I'm like, what the fuck do you think about me that you assume I agree? Like, you just talking mm-hmm. about this nigga saying, calling him gay slurs or whatever. And I'm like, bro, no, I don't know. You might look at me, I might look like a regular ex black girl from the hood. You might assume I have those same thoughts, but nah, bro, that ain't me. And I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you know. And I think it's kind of my duty to the extent I can to like let you know, like, nah, not around me, you won't. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing definitely that sticks out to me as far as homophobia. I see that a lot with black women, and I'm not saying it's exclusive Mm-mm. to black women, but because I that's mostly what I I don't want to say consume but that's mostly what I surround myself it's been easier for me to correct that in like my younger cousins like I like my girl cousins that's maybe like five six seven years younger than me so now I get to a certain thing and they just flipping they might not even really realize what they're saying 
But since they're my younger cousins, I'm like, bro, like you not, you shouldn't say that. And then when I explain it, because they kind of respect me as a woman and with authority or whatever, they listen. So to me, that's like, all right, that's the least I can do. I can't fight all the battles, but I can correct the ones that I can. If they're going to listen, they're going to listen. If not. So another one, and I think you may have touched on it a little bit, this whole idea of agreeing. And I mostly have personally experienced this with older black women but it's the idea that i don't agree with homosexuality so i have gay friends i have employees or i have family members and they always seem to make it a point to tell you i love you but i don't agree and it's a funny idea to feel like you're agreeing like you you feel like you have the power to validate or invalidate someone's sexuality right based on whether or not you agree with it and we can get into the whole thing about there's nothing to agree or disagree with but yeah that i think that's what has always like troubled me like what the fuck do you mean you don't agree yeah, <laughs> like i don't like, understand <laughs> It's not a it's not a pop quiz where it's, it's like a, it's true or like false. Right or wrong. Like, what yeah, the fuck you mean? You it's like it mean? is what it is. Like I'm going to exist the way that I exist. So you disagreeing with it to me is just a way of saying I don't like it. And to an extent, I don't like you or your kind, quote unquote. Right. So I def and I I lumped that in with homophobia. It, it is. may not be as violent as other forms. It may not be as violent as using it as a as an insult to someone or things of that nature, but imagine some. Like, how do you just not agree with my existence? I don't understand. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Imagine someone coming to you and being like, "I don't agree with you being a black woman." It's like, huh? Like, like, like I exist. Uh, I'm black. Just I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm existing. Like I'm a whole individual. So there's nothing for you to agree or disagree with. It's not an argument. My existence is not an argument. You're not having a discussion with whatever deity you you pray to, mm -hmm. and you're trying to make points. And and it's not an opinion that you have to back up or defend. Like. My existence is that it is and existence, and it's not something for you to trivialize by saying, "Oh, I don't agree with it." I agree with that one hundred percent. Because it, no, it, it's it, like, it's what is there it, to agree with? Because nobody's like, "Okay, I suck dick." Nobody's at, right. nobody's saying you got to be subjected <laughs> to it. So, what are you agreeing with or disagree with? When I would hear those um, reactions as I got older. And because I didn't hear as much like I don't I didn't grow up. I didn't have like that many like gay friends and stuff growing up. But as like I got more my best friend coming out made me more open and more aware and more conscious to, you know, like what people were saying in the gay community. and da, da, da. But when I so when I would hear people say that, like for me, a lot of this stuff and I'm not like trying to sweep my home, but a lot of this stuff when you say, oh, it's nothing to agree. When you say that, that's like, oh, that's common sense. Like that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> like, so, right. I, so it would be like, even if I hadn't considered it before, once you tell me, I'm like, oh, you're right. Like that makes sense. Like, I'm even even if I never assaulted you, or even if I did by like by accident, I think one time I didn't know, 
I didn't know that Dyke was like, like some people took that as negative. And my mm -hmm. my other best friend that's a lesbian, she literally was like, yo, you shouldn't say that. Da, 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 da. And the minute she said it, I was like, oh shit, that makes sense. I never thought about it like that. So I don't understand. So a lot, some, a lot of times my mind is boggled when, even if you didn't realize what you were doing, the minute somebody said something, like, why didn't it just make sense? Like, what do you mean you don't agree? Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's a whole different conversation on it's the like, whole, I want to fight for my right that I was ignorant and now you're telling me and I don't, I don't want to agree. So I'm going to fight against it. And it's like, yeah. if you come to I'm me and you say, my name is, general. but it's like, if you come to me and you say, my name is Mark, then I'm going to call you Mark. I'm going to call a thing a thing. So trying to say if you like well i've day, always like, used this cool. word and, <laughs> and now you're telling me it's bad and i'm going to try to argue with you and tell you why it's not it's like that doesn't make any sense yeah. and it kind of goes along the same lines it's like well i don't agree that it's bad so i'm gonna say it anyway and it's like who the fuck are you yeah, but like, anyway like i don't know a lot of it boils down to disrespect, if you ask me. Right. People. <laughs> and a lot of it, a lot of homophobia, that exact, that's exactly what it is. It's it's a lack of respect and it's a lack of desire to learn it's desire to how learn to or respect. even like, like change or fix anything. Like, yeah. like, that's not. And I think in general, my general personality, and I don't know, my, my mother might have not have realized that this is how she was raising me, have been to be open to what other people have to say and like question and blah, 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 blah. So I think it was always been easier for me to like, even if I didn't quite get the concepts when I was young, it was easier to receive them as they came along. Yeah. So the last example, and I mean, there's tons of examples of mm -hmm. homophobia from black women, but the last one that I want to talk about is defaulting to harmful language in the midst of disagreements and anger. And we touched on it a little bit, mm -hmm. but in this instance, specifically, I'm not talking about towards straight men. I'm talking about towards gay men. Okay. I'm talking about the type of thing where everything is all fine and dandy until there's a disagreement. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you like a, I'm all excuse I'm, my language, you sissy bitch, or because yeah, I'm all I, of that I, kind like, of stuff. Ugh. Exactly. You can't do this, and you 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 swear you a black woman and you not, and da -da -da, all of that kind of stuff. Very, very harmful. And it's to me, I've always thought that when you get into disagreements with someone, when someone's angry. When someone is emotional, maybe not even just anger, mm -hmm. but when someone is emotional in general, that's when you... The truth come out. Exactly. That's <laughs> when you find out what the truth, the is. truth is. And so when you get into a disagreement with someone and you start hearing all of that stuff come out of their mouth, to me, it's like, so this is what you really this think of me and people like time. me the whole time. But for whatever reason, you decided to play nice because you're getting some kind of benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the stereotypical, oh, you know, he does my hair, or he does my nails, right. or he helps me dress. It could I just be just flat out companionship. Right. That's a benefit that a lot of people, I think, discount. I think they over, like, 
on to your companionship just as something as simple as I think you might have mentioned it on one of the shows recently, but the whole like um I don't know who said it, but kind of like sometimes when a straight woman like myself will go with a gay friend to like a club or something, I feel safe in that club because I'm not getting like like the heterosexual the the mm-hmm. guy is not hitting on me the same way whatever. So like you said, the companionship be like this this safety that I can feel with another gay guy but then when you get mad if they all kind of like even hearing us talk about that it it almost makes me hurt for my friends because I have those friends who that's happened to and like I can't imagine like like they're great people whatever whatever and then all of a sudden you mad and then um bitch you 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 know you ain't never did this or whatever you yeah. carry a person and it's like yep. like that's me like i'm not generally a mean person and like stuff like that it's like why would you do something like that <laughs> like yeah it's nah. crazy it's crazy and but it happens to it's some of the most like nat like nasty people do things like that and it's like well fuck you bitch like well i mean i don't even want to say that because it doesn't necessarily have to be a nasty person it could be you know what it could be um i stand corrected you speaking from personal experience (laughs) it could be it could be your own mom you're right um right to go back to the point previously to speak again from personal experience i had an aunt when I had my old Facebook account that was um, linked to family, and I had mm-hmm. I had to throw that in the trash because yuck. Put it the whole thing in rice. No, not in rice. Oh, I put it in the trash. Oh. <laughs> in the incinerator. <laughs> that that account had to go because <laughs> between family and people I went to high school with, I said this is not what I signed up for. But anyway, right. you know, I think I may have said if you disagree with homosexuality, then unfriend me. Like we good. Mm-hmm. And my aunt commented on it and she was like, yeah, I'm being dramatic. We family. I love you whether um, whether or not it don't matter. But just don't love me. And then she just then she started talking about the Bible, the Bible. Oh. say, And I was just like, I didn't even respond. But in my head, I was just thinking. I don't want to be tolerated, whether you family no. or not, I would rather not talk to you than have you then know in the back of my mind the whole time. You just tolerated me. Agreed. And that if we weren't family, you would not feel this way. Agreed. So you might as well treat me like we're not family because that's what I'm going to treat you like. Yeah. And then, like I said, with the whole harmful language, you know, I I think that's kind of why I've gotten to the point where a lot of stuff doesn't bother me because, no, number one, I'm my own worst critic. But number two, some of the worst insults that I've ever gotten have been from people that were close to me. Oh wow. And it was a lot of stuff perceived I can only imagine to my sexuality, you know? Like being called a bitch and, and a sissy and having the way that I walk talked about and I right. don't talk this way. And when I was younger I liked I used to like to sing the songs that I heard on the radio mm-hmm. and oh I'm singing too high and only sissies do that kind of stuff. Right. So it's so fun. Cool. It's so crazy how, like, even if it's not um, directed, if, even if you're not a gay person, how, like, I can look back and realize where those things were around, even though it could have been more or less in some people's personality. Like, for instance, I remember my brother 
straight man, whatever. But when he was young, he liked like the, it's like a Tamiya song or something. He used mm-hmm. to sing the fuck out of that song, but like something simple as my stepfather checking him like he was doing something wrong. And even back then, I didn't have the words for it, but I, in my brain, I remember being eight years old, like, what all he, all he did was sing a song so yeah. then so then when i get old like maybe 13 or 14 when i met my best friend and we're like teenagers and he likes to cook or sing or do some of those same things and he got some of the same flag that you're saying from like his family saying like oh you do this or you do that but the only i didn't realize it but i gave him a smidget of cover because his male cousin's like to whether whether they believed it deep down or not, they like to assume that me and him was fucking. Oh, that oh, you must be hitting that da da da. And me and him would look at each other like, what? Like we just about to bake these brownies or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, but so so I he would hear some of that. But in a way, I showed it a little bit of it accidentally. But it's like when I hear those things, it's like, bro, like who cares that you like to sing a song or blah 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 blah. Like is. Is is very hard. I'm like, if if I'm annoyed and it made me want to fight for my best friend, I can only imagine what it was like for you or him to experience it firsthand from family mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and I don't even want to start unpacking all that. So we're gonna move we don't. on. <laughs> so let's talk about misogyny. Okay. So to be honest, I struggled a little bit here. Now. It's not hard for me to identify when gay men are being misogynistic towards women, mm-hmm. but I did struggle a little bit. Do you see it that bit. often in like your regular life, like or in my regular versus, life, like, versus, no, like, online, but more stuff? so online. In okay. my regular life, the people that I that I see or that I have a friendship with or I talk to on a regular basis are typically not like that it's kind of like a everybody just has common sense mm-hmm. <laughs> which is underrated true agree and then i realized part of the reason why i was struggling with this is because i it's not for me to to tell and it's also the reason why you're on the show so i want you to give some examples of that you've seen of misogyny from gay men, black gay men towards uh, towards black women. I think the biggest example, and it luckily I haven't. It, well, they probably wouldn't be still my friends. <laughs> luckily, it has happened with my um, gay friends, but just kind of like maybe like hanging around like groups of other um, gay guys with them is. To me, it's normally that extra, that extra bit of criticism, and a lot of times it has to do with like that womanhood, or we could be talking about like a regular everyday life situation, mm-hmm. like I don't know, a single mom or 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 a teen mom, and some of those same criticisms that you hear from men about, well, she shouldn't have wore this or she shouldn't have do that. It's like some of the same ass shit that you you might think you're in like a safe space with these other marginalized people, but it's not. You still like kind of observing and realizing, oh, the same shit that uh, my, my, my brothers and stuff been 
handed down about what you like a woman being respectful of herself. Like a lot, some gay guys, like they think the exact same thing. Like it's like the extra critique. Yeah. Like, so no I reason, think no a reason. lot of that is because most gay men are still conditioned because we are still cisgendered. And a lot of times we try to fit in. I, I agree with that. We 100%. are conditioned the same way any other man is conditioned. Mm -hmm. And I think even more so, sometimes it's hard or it takes longer, if you're lucky, for that person to unlearn that kind of stuff. Because you think about it this way. So struggling, to me, it's like you... It, it's harder to unlearn because you also un you unlearning like the misogyny part, but also trying to unlearn that part that's like denying. So in some cases, denying your own self. Well, I was gonna go in a different direction with that, and I'm gonna, okay. I was gonna say because we're conditioned the way other men are conditioned, and we internalize a lot of that stuff, whether we realize it or not. And I think a lot of the work starts when you are dealing with women. Okay. And we know that heterosexual men are resistant to that. And a lot of times it takes them losing something or someone or takes something going on to make them start to realize that they need to do better when it comes to women. But with gay men, because we don't deal with women in a sexual or romantic way there's not a lot of opportunity to oh. realize that that's something you need to unlearn oh because it's I never like even thought about it that way the that only time i deal with women is with when it's with my friends right and your friends because they're your friends you usually don't have that type of attitude towards them right Whereas okay. if it's a woman that you're not familiar with, then, yeah, you have all the vitriol and criticism and every other thing that you're throwing at them because that's how you were conditioned. You were conditioned as a man to be critical of women. Now, that makes perfect sense. It's, it's like the extra missing part that I never really thought about. Like, I've definitely realized, OK, you're still conditioned to be a man. But the, the other the other end, I never really thought about it like that. But that makes perfect sense. If the you're a honest, teenage boy, yeah, you you might learn it early with a girl. You might learn it later with your wife. But a gay guy could very well get well into their well into their fifties, yeah, being, without without having catty to really and it. judgmental of women. Like I've come across men like that. Like I, I think I've told this story on the show before. I hooked up with this guy, and we were sitting in the bed watching tv and he just started going on this whole i mean he was anti-everybody though he was anti-gay he was anti-women i was just like he told me his whole life story and and called one of his cousins everything but a child of god and i was just like who the hell did i just what the hell is going on what between happened? the sheets at my home <laughs> You know what I mean? So I think that that's one of those things. And it's just like you typically, well, I won't say typically. My observation has been that a lot of times gay men are not in that place where they're challenged, mm -hmm. which is pretty much the catalyst of that growth. Like you have to have some kind of hardship or be challenged 
I think it's getting better with the internet and seeing, mm-hmm. but even then, it's like a lot of times that growth doesn't happen until you get challenged or until you get dragged. Right. I'm now, calling I've it seen, a challenge. <laughs> no, not in my personal life or whatever, but from like stuff online or watching like like gay shows or whatever. I've also heard it expressed with some gay guys that even though like it'll come across as like misogyny, but I have heard gay guys mention that sometimes that reaction to straight women is the like is jealousy. So sometimes it's so even though they come at them a certain way, it's like for a different reason. Like it's more like personal, like almost kind of like, you know, especially the more, I don't know, like guys that want to, that don't want to ha- be put on this quote unquote, like hardcore masculine front. And they kind of look up to like, I don't know, certain women, whether it's powerful women or whatever, but sometimes it's, it's jealousy. I've heard, I've heard that expressed. I mean, that's, a possibility right it could be i don't know i don't know like how many but i've definitely heard like yeah yeah i definitely feel like jealousy could manifest itself as misogyny maybe you're jealous that is easy for women to be with men Mm -hmm. and it's harder to be with men the same way when you're a gay man because again even in 2018 it's still judgment it's still dangerous depending on where you are you know you could still be bashed over the head just for holding hands with another guy so there could be it could manifest itself that way um but I think that conditioning is probably the. Big, I think that's the most. No, I think that I agree. I think because if you think part. about it, it it that also can manifest in a lot of different ways. It's not just being openly misogynistic, but it could be backdoor misogyny, like just holding up patriarchal beliefs. Even like, even the small stuff that that a straight a gay guy might think they're being nice to a woman, and we're like, nah, bro. Right, you like, <laughs> think you're being nice, but I, I'm thinking bigger stuff like gay men, and again, this is my observation, it's mostly black on black, but it could be extended to other races as well. But I see a lot of black gay men be just as conservative as straight men and judging women because of quote-unquote body count mm-hmm. and because of how they rate, you know, the person what kind of perceived mother they are. Like yes. there's a lot of elements of patriarchy that I see gay men uphold. I think I've definitely I've definitely saw those like you criticizing just like womanhood in general. That yeah, just womanhood in general. That extra criticism that is like, bro, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But it's the, but the reason why I say it's the conditioning is because if you think about it, it's the same thing as straight men. Every other woman on the planet is open for my criticism. And my patriarchal bullshit, but the women close to me, my mama, oh, my mama is an angel on heaven and earth and every other dimension. And it's all this other stuff. And it's just like, why can't you apply that outside of that? And it's even weirder for gay men because it's just like, what incentive do you have to be be oppressive (laughs) towards women? That is a word. What what are you getting out of this? Like, I mean, honestly, you can like ask that question to right. anyone, yeah. but I mean, it's not right. But at least, out, but like, like yeah, straight guys is it's a whole fraud. But most of the time, they lie and get something. 
But they benefit. They benefit from that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Women are conditioned to take care of men. Listen, I read that study recently about how men, yeah, about marriage and how (laughs) it's more beneficial to men. Down when we get married. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you think about it that way because women are conditioned to take care of men, and men know that, and they take advantage of it. So it makes sense. Yeah. In a fucked up way for straight men to uphold that but for gay men you're just like well what is you even doing because you don't get you you don't get those same benefits for the most part because you don't deal with women in a romantic capacity yeah so i I think another way it presents itself is the caricatures and just overall disrespect so what I mean by that is, and I, you know what? It honestly could go both ways. I think it's homophobic when mm-hmm. it comes from women and it's misogynistic when it comes from gay men. So two because, sides of the same damn coin. Because they kind of do, you know how they do those caricatures of each other? Mm-hmm. And so black, you know, there's black women that feel like a lot of gay men are just parading around and acting like they black women. Right. And then it's gay men that feel like black women are parading around acting like they're gay men. So who what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. And so then it becomes like I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. So, and it's just like, okay, but what is anybody getting out of this? Right. Again, what are it, we getting what, out of it from holding a, each other back? The specific thought though is crazy to me because it's like just naturally, even if you were around a group of straight women or whatever, your regular friends, you know how you like pick up the lingo, the way people talk, or da da da. So out of without even realizing it, some of the little slang and stuff, like quote unquote gay or whatever slang that you know, kind of like mainstream culture or kind of like appropriate, I would be thinking like like I'm 34 now. I'm like, this is the way my friends was talking when I was 22, and now it's like some of the most homophobic guys. Like you don't even realize where some of the clothes and other stuff came from. So it's like, so sometimes it's a fine line between a Okay, I'm a and and I've seen that fine line between kind of like a just being part like me, like kind of being a little bit more part of the culture versus some people who just adopted it and not like trying to like and like you said, the caricature of the culture. I'm like you, because some straight girls I look at, I'm like you can tell you don't even have no gay friends. You're just trying to like use it because you think it's cool, but. Is don't necessarily have an appreciation for where it came from, and I don't know where the, I don't know where to draw the line with that is, but I know sometimes I feel uncomfortable, even though I'm not gay myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's end the conversation talking a little bit about the flip side of it. Okay, the good when it comes to the relationship between black gay men and black cis head women allyship mm-hmm. I see a lot of black women standing up for the community and I see a lot of black gay men standing up for women and, and holding straight men to the fire for the stuff that they say and starting to hold other gay men to the fire for the things that they say and the thoughts that they have when it comes to black women and their agency. So that's good to see. Um, It's good to see the camaraderie 
with members of the community beyond just advocating for each other, just actual real bonds, like hearing about you and your best friend, like, and, and you can tell when you talk about him that there's no agenda, there's no obvious benefit that you're getting. And that's the reason why you feel the way that you do. It's not a city girl situation where it's like, well, I got gays making me look nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's actual genuine like, camaraderie. I, like I love, like we've been friends for like 20 plus years now. Like I love, I, like I really love him. Like he's like a brother to me. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like when it's time to stand up and fight, a lot of times you're going to see black women first. And then you're probably going to see queer people, queer women, probably before you see (laughs) queer men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at least more towards the front lines, you'll see that. And then you'll see straight men somewhere. I mean, they'll be peppered in the front lines. But overall, (laughs) we know straight men only really that we're going against. (laughs) It's it's usually them either we're going against or that we're advocating for whether or not they'll do the same for us. Exactly. And so it's good to see black women and gay black men start to do that for each other. Like when some shit goes down, when long thread Twitter Because a lot of them are black women. When long thread Twitter get a hold of your ass, especially if you being homophobic or transphobic, listen, you might as well shut it down for for the day or a couple of days, depending on how bad the infraction is. And then it's the same thing. I see a lot of times long thread Twitter also includes a lot of black gay men. Right. And when they see some shit going down, when they see men treating women like trash or when a story breaks about some bullshit, they got their Twitter t- fingers tipping, typing away right? on behalf of, of black women. I am proud that I do see more of, especially in my personal life, but even online, I'm seeing more of the good. Like it ain't, it ain't perfect. But so all those things that we said about homophobia and stuff, it is refreshing that is like turning around there's progress being made yes. i don't know if i want to say turning around well progress like, is what i mean progress i feel like there's a lot of work to do on both sides a whole lot and probably more than i realize but i think more than anybody realizes more. because unlearning behaviors is a slippery slope because it's like once you start identifying things that you need to unlearn, it's like a land, it's like a landslide. Mm-hmm. And you start realizing how much problematic things that you say or thoughts that you have or actions that you've taken. And you really start unlearning a lot of stuff. But it starts within. And I think that there's more progress with women, just depending on how they're socialized because women are a lot more self-aware than men are on average, in my opinion. And a lot of that I think is because of circumstance and necessity. Whereas gay men, we can kind of get into a pocket where we don't really need to do that work or when we need to do work, it's because we need to do work 
within our community. We need to unlearn homophobia before we can even think about unlearning other stuff. Right. So there's a lot of progress to be made, but a lot of progress has been made. So I just want to say if you're a black woman listening to this and if or if you're a black gay man listening to this, there's not really any reason why we need to be fighting one another. Right. Like in a perfect world, obviously we wouldn't be fighting anybody, but we don't need to participate in the oppression Olympics. We can have our individual struggles and we can have our collective struggles. Right. And the best way and probably the only way to get over those hurdles is together. I'm about to say you got to unite like the motherfucking Transformers or some shit. Like. However, <laughs> However, let me say this. <laughs> If you out here calling people faggots, I don't have nothing for you. Oh, no. I agree. And what I can't even think off the top of my head, whatever combination of offensive language Mm -mm. that you can hurl at black women, you out here doing that and saying that, I don't have nothing for you either. Nah. Do the work and show your work like long division, and then maybe we can have a conversation. But, None of that. But, None of that. Like we we gotta have some base. We gotta have a baseline. Like I'm. We gotta have a baseline. Yeah. I'm not tolerating. <laughs> yeah. I'm and not we didn't even talk about it, but there's a whole different conversation to be had about the behaviors that we let slide for yes. a multitude of reasons on both sides. Yes. Because there's a lot of behavior amongst black women that gays let slide because they like their music or they like the way they dress or they're mm-hmm. pretty. And there's a lot of behavior that women let slide because they feel like I have a man that's on my side when it comes to the gender wars or mm-hmm. whatever other reason, a myriad of reasons, I'm sure. That just proves that even, you know, with all the things we said or whatever, part of that allyship and camaraderie between both sides is also like accountability. And absolutely. So it's like, even if it's, even if we on the same side, you still gotta hold it, me, hold my gay friends accountable, and my gay friends. I would expect that if we friends, even if you not like, if you trying to like stand for something, like hold people accountable. Yep, hold gay men accountable that feel like because they're gay, they can put their hands on a women on on a women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> women, women, women. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hold women accountable that feel like just because they are women that they can disrespect a gay man because yeah. he's not a quote unquote real man. Or or under the guise of like a joke or something. Like, no, no, we're not none of that. None yeah, of that. accountability is real. Accountability is real. So on that note, that's gonna wrap this conversation up. D huh. What can I say? Thank you so much this for coming was such a, I didn't know what to expect like fully, but <laughs> Like, I really like this conversation. <laughs> Listen, I feel like it could go on and on and on. It but probably could. Like, it's so many different, like... Yeah, it's so many to... layers <laughs> to peel back. But uh, tell people where they can find you and where they can find your show. So, you can find me. I'm on Twitter at Brains and Buns. <laughs> That's an old name from, like, uh, high school. But anyway. Come on, come on uh, AOL chat room. <laughs> I was it AOL? Probably. Or but Yahoo like, Messenger. Oh, <laughs> Yahoo, Yahoo. 
It was literally yep. called my, it. my first my first Yahoo email or something, and it was like Yahoo chat room. Yep. But it stuck. I made it. I made it my Twitter name. And one time I tried to change it, but the little bit of follows I had at the time was like no, so I just left it. So at Brains and Buns on Twitter, um, you can find my podcast Bad and Boozy podcast on Twitter at Bad and Boozy Pod, and that's spelled out Bad and Boozy Pod on Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. Um, we're on most of the major podcast uh, platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those other ones. So give us a listen, give me and the show a follow, and hopefully, you know, you come get your, you know, drink your wine. Why We put the shows out on Wednesday, you know, have a little wine crush Wednesday. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right, you guys, well, check that out. If you want to learn a little bit about wine, then or spirits, oh yes, yeah, talk about other. We talk about other spirits. alcoholic beverages. If you got any kind of wine, beer, spirits knowledge, hit us up. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. always eager to learn or like entertain other guests and stuff. Or if you just want to hear black women talk about something a little different, check Agreed. out. I think a lot of people bad and stay, I think a lot of people actually stay for that because we have a lot of listeners that don't even drink and they like oh or don't even drink wine or some stuff. They like oh we just like the conversation yeah. about some shit that y'all like. So yeah, yep, yep. I think that's it. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was fun. So that wraps up things for this week. Remember, you can go to GaySideStories.com for all things related to the show, to its host and any guests that are on the show. Again, make sure you are sending in your questions, listener letters, anything of that nature to GaySideStories at gmail.com. If you have a little extra time, you like what I'm doing, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. You can also leave a rating or review on Stitcher or anywhere else where you can do that, even on the Facebook page. I want to just say, again, thank you so much for joining me every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the show with other people. Shout out to all of the new listeners and the new followers on the Instagram page and on Twitter. I, I, you know, I do this for you. I mean, I do this for me, but I also do it for the community and I do it for all of you guys. So thank you for rocking with me. Speaking of rocking with me, remember you can find me every week on Ratchet Ramblings with my friends Jeremy and Candace discussing black reality TV shows such as Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta. And to wrap things up, you guys know what I'm about to say. I'm not even going to draw it out. Make sure that you're protecting your walls or they will crumble. And walls can pretty much mean anything that you want them to mean. But it is not limited to your vaginal or anal walls. Protect all the walls. And I will see you guys next week. <laughs>